Welcome back to the Oyus Mishnayomis. My name is Jack Abramowitz. Today we will be continuing our studies in the fifth chapter of Maseches Erevin. Today we will be learning Mishnayas Gimel and Dalit. Now yesterday when we left off, we were talking about how the Chachamim said you could add a carpaf, an area of 70 and two-thirds amos, to each of two cities that were next to each other in order to consider them a single city for the purpose of drawing the tchum around them. Now we're going to discuss what happens when you have three cities that are next to each other. So, Mishnah Gimel begins, Similarly, three cities that are in a row. And we're going to see that this doesn't mean literally in a row, they're more like in a triangle. If there are between the two exterior ones, 141 and one-third amos, which is the area of two carpaves. Then the middle one joins the two exterior ones so that the three of them can be considered a single city for the purpose of drawing a tchum around them. And therefore you could walk from city to city and keep going 2,000 amos to the other side. Let us look in the Bart Nuro. Three cities that are in a, a row of three. They're not really in a row of three. The third one is some distance off. So it's like the two exterior ones are on a line, and then the third one, if you can imagine it, is in between them from side to side, but vertically it's somewhat above them. Imagine uh, where your eyes are and where your tefillin is. Your tefillin is between your eyes, but not literally. It's between them from side to side, but it's vertically raised above. So the cities are arranged sort of like that. So from the uh, the distance between the exterior ones to the middle ones is within the area of the 141 and a third, which is the two carpaves. So there's this carpave on each side from each city, so the first connects to the middle, and the middle connects to the third. Same thing on the other side, it's got to have that 141 and a third Amos. Then all three of them can be considered like a single city. And someone who leaves one of them in order to walk by way of his sister cities... Then he can measure from the exterior of the farther city. And what's the difference that can be between the middle one and the outside one? Because we're only talking about from side to side, it's 141 and a third Amos. But how about from the vertical? How about on the y-axis? How much distance is there north-south if we've otherwise been talking east-west? Since you can go from the middle city to the outer city, and since you can go from the outer city to the middle city, below Erev, without an Erev, because it's within the Tchum that would be there, then we say consider the middle city as if it's between them. So if you can walk from A to B and you can walk from B to C, then we're considering B as if it's between A and C. But we don't consider it between them if it's any more than 2,000 amos because then you wouldn't be able to walk there on Shabbos. So there's got to be 
from uh, east to west, no more than 141 and a third amos, but there can be 2,000 amos north to south. Mishnah Dalid. Ein modedin el bechevel shel chamishim ama. We only measure the tchum with a rope of 50 amos. Lo pachos, not shorter, velo yoter, not longer. Velo yimdod el keneged libo. And the rope has to be held adjacent to the measurer's heart. If someone is measuring and he reaches a valley or he reaches a fence, then he absorbs it in the measurement and he returns to his measuring. And by he absorbs it, it means that he goes straight across it. So if you would walk on straight ground three steps, then the fact that actually walking down into the valley and up again would be ten steps, we don't count it as ten steps, we count it as if it were flat. Sort of like on a map, a map is a flat surface, it doesn't account for hills and valleys. If he reaches a mountain, similarly he absorbs it, if he's able to, and then he returns to his measuring. Now when can you do this this absorbing of some obstacle? Only when it doesn't take him outside of the tchum. If he's not able to absorb it in his measuring. Then in this matter, Rabbi Dostai, the son of Rabbi Yanai, said, in the name of Rabbi Meir, I've heard that we metaphorically drill through mountains, and we'll discuss that when we get to the Bart Nuro, which I guess we'll do right now. Ein modedim, we only measure. Aphaim ama shel tchum shabbos, el bechevel shel pishten aruchamishim ama. We only measure the tchum shabbos using a linen rope that is fifty amos long. Lo pachos kisha kevel ktsar nimtach harbe umare hamida. If the rope is too short, they're going to pull it too taut. They're going to stretch it out. It's going to mess with the measurements. Make it too long. Velo yoter, we don't use a bigger rope. If the rope is too long, it's going to drag in the middle, it's going to sag, and that will shorten the measurements. The rope has to be held adjacent to the heart. The Chachamim established that the people who are measuring have to hold the rope next to their hearts. If one person holds the rope by his neck and the other one holds it by his feet, then the measurement from the length is going to be shortened and the tchum will be missing some of its legitimate distance. Now, obviously, there can also be a difference between the height of one man's heart and another man's heart. We're assuming people of fairly average height. We assume that Andre the Giant and Tiny Tim are not going to be measuring the tchum together. We assume two people of normal height. So if you come together to a fence, Chomas Avanim Nasis Gal Umashufa. So it's a uh, stone wall that's collapsed and it's become a heap. So you've got to climb over it. So if you were walking on flat ground, you could go one, two, three steps. If you're walking over this heap, then it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven steps. So you measure over the top of it, considering it as if it were flat. Mavlio, you absorb it. If it's not more than 50 amos wide, which is the length of this rope, from one side to the other over the top. Even though it's got 
a much greater distance in, in its actual steps that you'd have to take. Ein omrim tale midas midrono lemidas hatchum. We don't say that you have to add the distance you would walk to the distance of the tchum. We're only concerned about points on a map. We're not interested in how many footsteps you have to take. Rather, one person stands on one side of the obstacle, another person stands on the other side, they hold the rope, and they measure across, absorbing the vertical distance in the measurement. After doing this, you return to your measuring. Since it says he returns to his measurements, obviously he has to have interrupted it at some point. So what's the case there? If he's measuring this thing and the part that's adjacent to the city is greater than 50 amos, so he can't just span the, the height of it or the width of it using the rope, but at one of the ends that is not opposite the city, so he's got a valley or he's got some, some form of obstacle that's too wide where he is, but he can go to another part of it, and that's not too wide, but it's not opposite the city. So he goes to the part where, say, the valley is narrower. He measures it there, even though it's not next to the city. Then he takes that measurement, goes back to where he was on the other side, and continues measuring the city from there. But he can only do this if it doesn't take him outside the tchum. When the person who's measuring goes outside the city to measure the width of the mountain or the valley, If the narrow part of the valley is outside the Tchum, he can't go there to measure it and then come back. Why? If I'm seeing someone who's measuring the Tchum, and I see him this place outside the city, I'm going to assume he's within the Tchum, because I know these surveyors are measuring the Tchum. So, People shouldn't come to be misled by this. The Chachamim said that this go and measure and go back only works if you're still within the Tchum. But if it takes you outside the Tchum, we don't want people to see you and think that the Tchum extends that far out. So it's a preventative measure, lest people err in how far they can walk on Shabbos. So talking about what if the mountain is too big. In this matter... Rabbi Dustai said that we metaphorically drill through it. In this, he said, we do that. It excludes other times we have to measure cities, such as for the Are Miklat, for the cities of refuge, for the Agla Rufa, when we need to know what's the closest city to where a murder victim was found, etc. These we do not metaphorically drill. Now, what is this Mikadrin, uh, this drilling? Nokvin, we pierce. We consider the mountain as if it has a hole drilled through it, and then we measure through this imaginary hole. Rather than measuring it by taking a tape measure and going up the side and down the side and getting a literal uh, stride count of the mountain. 
Kedamrinim Bigamara, as we say in the Gemara, when they do this this drilling of a mountain, they use a rope that's four amos long. And then you've got your two surveyors, the one at the bottom holds it by his heart, the one at the top holds it by its feet. And they measure the entire mountain in this fashion, four amos at a time. And the uh, every four amos that they measure is reduced by half the height of a person. And the halacha is like Rabbi Dustai, that we do in fact do this when it comes to measuring the tchum. That is the end of Mishnah Dalid. Join us tomorrow. We will be continuing with Mishnayas Hay and Vav.